What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lights Out Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. I just can't believe that in 2021, we let Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray, and Le'Veon Bell rush for touchdowns. We are soft up the middle. We are soft up the middle. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and I'm back because on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game and we bring you the hottest content, even if it's a bye week and we're coming off a thrashing from the Ravens. We're going to be looking and giving a therapy session to, to all of us and you if you want to get in the comments section uh, after we got just our bubble burst by the Ravens, to be fair. Not only that, you know, are we going into a bye week and making adjustments? What does the Andre Roberts signing mean for the Chargers? And how are we pretenders or are we the real thing on the road to the Super Bowl? How do we get there? Do we just sign anyone else? Do we need to make adjustments? I'm joined by two of my amazing co-hosts. First up, all the way from California, John Ayres. Hola, buenos dias. How are you? Good to have you back. Yeah, mate, I actually have somewhere to sit. I have a kitchen almost that's nearly finished. The house is coming on and I don't have to hover in a work site. So uh, it's good to, good to, to be back. Uh, I also have the main man who I was supposed to meet. And, and, and unfortunately, I was in corporate hospitality at the Tottenham Stadium and, uh, you know, didn't get a meet you, mate. But I did wave across the stadium. How are you, Dan King? Uh, hey, Bez. How are you doing? I did try and take a photo of where you were, but to an ant like me, all you... <laughs> Fancy corporate bodies were just one big mess of money. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds the dream. You know, it was unlimited beer. It was good. I'm just disappointed that there was some trouble the week after. But we had a good time, even if the football wasn't amazing. It was it was no Chargers Titans from, from Wembley. Um, just a little shout out before I start. Um, Was can't be with us. Our thoughts are with you and your family. Um, stay strong, guys. And, um, you know, we dedicate this podcast episode to you and, and we're with you every step of the way. So we're thinking of you. Right. Let's uh, let's crack on. We have thoroughly been whoopassed by the Ravens. It was billed as this big number one versus number three seed in the AFC. Two contenders going in it. And, you know, I, I was really optimistic and we, we just never got started. They were fast to the ball. I didn't like the play calling. I thought every phase of football was just mediocre and they really wanted it um i'm going to come to you john first you said something last year that stays with me every time the ravens come on that when you're facing the ravens in the regular season they're going to destroy you because you haven't got time to fully prepare as if you're in the playoffs do you think that was the case and this is just great ravens in the regular season um and have they burst your bubble um, I, I think it's a little bit of both. One, obviously, you're not going to make major overhaul changes to your defense for that one game just to stop their unique attack. So I think that's obviously going to be there. I mean, it's proven year after year that the Ravens struggle in the in the playoffs. And I think the reason is because you can just say, hey, look, it's all or nothing. So forget everything we've learned all throughout the year. Forget trying to keep our system pushing forward, especially earlier on in the year when you're really focused on just learning your new systems. It's, hey, let's do something crazy and creative to kind of beat them. So I think that's part of it. The other part is they just don't, we just don't match up well with them. And I think, you know, uh, I said at the beginning of the season, I didn't think this was, you know, I think this was a fringe playoff team. It was not a contender. Even after that four and one start before the loss of the Ravens, I didn't think they were a Super Bowl contender. I think they were a great story 
and I like to hype them up and all, but they were never a Super Bowl contender. You know, I think there were glaring weaknesses that we saw week in and week out. But you know what? We overlooked them because guess what? We're winning, right? And when you win, it cures all. And I think this game proved that, look, some of those weaknesses are still there. Obviously, our kicking game weakness, our special teams in general, still a weakness for us. And our run defense, which we kept calling out as being a weakness, well, guess what? It finally caught up to us. And you know what? The other part of that is the weakness that we called out is about first and second down productivity, right? Well, eventually, we're going to stop converting on third and fourth downs, which is exactly what happened. And we got ourselves in a hole, and we couldn't come back. So I just don't, I, I just don't think we lined up well against them. And to be honest, I'm not sure if there's something to fix to play the Ravens again, because if they're just going to run the ball over and over again down our throat, I'm not sure we have enough there's enough out there to fix it. Right. I think that's an off season fix. I don't think that's an in season trade and fix. So, um, you know, I just think that this is a bad team to match up against. If, uh, you know, if we make the playoffs, it's, I, I would hate to see the Ravens. Uh, also, if we make the playoffs, I'd hate to see a team like the Titans, same idea, right? They're not going to re- necessarily blow you away with their passing attack. Um, but they're very efficient on play action because they've got Derrick Henry. And I couldn't imagine how easy of a day it would be for Derrick Henry running through the Chargers defense. So again, if we're, if we end up in the playoffs and we're matched up against a team with a really good run game, I just don't know how they stop them. They they're just not set up with the right personnel to do it. So, you know, I I think there's a little bit of both there to answer your question, Bez, but I I ultimately, I think this is just a, just the sign that, Hey, look, we're all excited about four and two. I'm super positive. We got things to work on, but at the end of the day, this was never going to be a a super bowl team. They're just not ready. It's year one. Uh, they've exceeded expectations, but we still need to keep those good expectations on them of, Hey, where exactly are they going to be at the end of the season? I mean, it's it's a fair comment. I mean, Dan, we were getting carried away. Were you getting carried away? And has this brought you back down to earth? You know, what are your feelings after the game? Yeah, I, I, I believe I was, I was too fast to dismiss our weaknesses, but that's always going to be the case. As John said, when you're winning, you're not necessarily thinking about which of our weaknesses is going to get us this week. Um, I just can't believe that in 2021, we let Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell rush for touchdowns. And there's was. Evening, boys. Good to have you on, my friend. So glad you could join us. Yeah. Just talking about how bad the run. Get get yourself on there. So. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking about how bad our rush defense was. Um. And the fact that Devonta Freeman, Latavius Murray, and Le'Veon Bell all scored rushing touchdowns despite it being 2021, not 2018. Just, just It was like watching a throwback game since days gone by with those guys. I mean, was I was saying, do you think that this has burst your bubble? You know, were you thinking we were, I said we were never going to lose again. So I've had to eat yet another hat. You know, were you more down to earth than you expected this? Um, how are you feeling after the game, bud? I was actually feeling deflated um, in the run-up to the game. And it was almost as if the way I felt was the way the Chargers were playing. And I did write on charges.bolts.com, we played like a finely tuned sports car with a starter motor problem. We just never got going. And you're going to look at every, every season, there's a team somewhere that's, that's playing well that falters. You, you, you take things into context. With the exception of the Cardinals, everyone's lost a game. And we look at Pittsburgh, who went 10-0 and last year. Now look at Pittsburgh almost 12 months on, you know. 
it is a week-to-week league. It's an old cliche, but it's very, very true. And you can see these games coming. I, I generally thought we were going to win the game closely. But as John said at the beginning of the show, you know, you look at these matchups sometimes and you don't fancy it. Look, the Ravens beat us in the regular season in 2018. There's a very good chance that we're going to meet these guys again in the playoffs. It's going to be a very different charges to what you saw on Sunday if we do meet them again. I mean, look at the injuries that we had on defence. You know, um, we can't make excuses. The Ravens were phenomenal. And I'm quite, um, you know, um, open-minded about the fact that they're a good football team. Let's see what happens in week seven, eight, nine when the Ravens uh, have a skid. You know, it's going to happen. And that's why we love the NFL. It's true. Um, and, you know, every team that's gone on to win the Super Bowl loses games, uh, drops games, you know, and, and they, they aren't the, mate, the perfect deal. It's about getting to be the perfect deal by the time you reach the playoffs. For me, the biggest disappointment of all was the play calling. Um, even, you know, going for it on fourth down is what's the point when, you, when you're throwing it behind the, the yard sticks and um, running it and, and, and well behind the sticks against some of the strengths of the Ravens. What the Ravens did really well, I thought, was that they looked at our team and said they're depleted, they're injury prone here, and let's attack that area. Let's go after the weakness, the, which is our strength. And they dominated it, you know, and we had Amen go down early and, and look, look like, you know, well out of his depth. We didn't have the guys out there making plays. The pass rush wasn't there and the offence just w- was overwhelmed. I'm confident they'll come back. Um, in the future, but I just think this this is the John Ayres prediction that the Ravens in the regular season, I don't think from now to the end of eternity, that game, when we play the Ravens, let's just pay it no heed, it's a one-off. Um, and we've, and it's, good, it's good that we're going to the bye week, we get a chance to reevaluate. So the first move that's happened, Staley has looked at his team and said, KJ Hill, Larry Roundtree as my kick punt returners, nah mate, awful, terrible kicking game, return game. And he's brought in Andre Roberts, former pro bowler, looked reasonable at the Bills. The Houston Texans was poor. They actually cut him because of a lack of production. He's still far better than anything we've got on the roster. Um, Dan, you know, are you thinking Andre Roberts can revitalise his career and be the guy of the pro bowl? Do you think this guy's going to come in and improve us? Is, is he or is he a has-been that we've just signed? Um, None. None of the above. I think he's going to be serviceable at best, um, cut at worst. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be the be all and end all of fixing our special teams woes. We've got bigger problems. Um, like it's. It's not like we've got great blocking up ahead. Yeah, we've got some questionable decisions by the returners themselves. Um, and well, by the coaches putting those guys in that position, but um, I, I honestly don't think he could do much worse than we've been doing. But that there, I mean, there is a chance. But I, I, I think overall, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that it will work out okay. I think that's the best way I can put it. <laughs> I'm not like ready to like run and scream in excitement, but it might be all right. It might be all right. It can't be much worse. As long as he isn't, he's he's muffed a punt. He's he's had some issues holding onto the ball. That would be the worst case scenario because I don't want to add five yards extra to a run and have a guy that gives up uh, turnovers. 
I'd rather have the the KJ Hill Roundtree secure hands, but terrible at returning. Um, you know, what was what do you think about this signing? What did it get you goosebumps tingling, or do you think it was the wrong name? Look, at this time of the season, franchises look around the NFL building. They have to decide who's available, who's going to fit the mould, and where we can make improvements. You've got to get behind the fact that the front office have made this decision to bring him in. He's obviously the best available at that position in the minds of the Chargers. And that's how you have to look at it. If you look at a franchise like the Giants, who seem to be panic signing anyone they can get their hands on, you know, we're not offering this guy 50 million guaranteed over two years. Let's see what let's see what he can do. You know, I think John made a great point on, on Twitter the other day. He's fed up of of Tristan Miscano. Okay, we've got a lot <laughs> of superb players on our roster. We've now got to fill in the gaps. We've now got to work out. Don't put plasters on the on the hole. We've got to work out now where we can make incremental improvements. We've already seen that. Baltimore aside, we've been pretty good on fourth downs. We've been aggressive. We've made stops. We've turned over the Chiefs, games that we'd have lost in, in previous seasons. You've got to look at the positives. There's no point, you know, there's, there's people out there on Twitter really upbeat still about the Chargers. And, and that's the important thing. Staley is a, is, a, is a brilliant young man. The way he leads people, the way he's going about his business, and we've got to stay with him. There's, you know, and that, that's the only way to approach this because there's going to be nobody hurting more right now than those 53 men in that locker room and our coaching staff. You can see that. You can see what it means. If you just look at, if you just take your eye off the ball and look around the sidelines, and John's been there every week, those players will walk, will, will walk over broken glass for each other. And I'm pretty sure this week they'll be beating themselves up. And next week they'll be, they'll be getting ready to go again. And it's how we now bounce back, how we integrate, you, you know, back into the, into the schemes. Because, they'll be, you know, you, you look like Chris Harris Jr. He's missed a lot of games. You know, Kenneth Murray's got to come back. He's got to stand up and make a play for himself. You know, um, we, we've just got to look at this. With, a, with an open mind and just say it's a, it's a positive roster move because things aren't perfect and it could take two to three seasons to get us where we need to be. You know, and I'm, and I'm not going to start talking about the draft right now because we've all, we've all got our own ideas oh, of where do. the draft's going to head. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> For me, we need, we need a tackle. We need an edge rusher. All right. Um, I mean, if, let, let's, let's, talk, let's talk offensive line. How many pressures did, did Slater give up on Sunday? Dis, despite all the hassle that Herbert got in the pocket, zero. Okay. It's on the right-hand side of that line. Trey Pitkins is not the answer. Storm Norton's not the answer. Balaga has got his injury problems. So straight away, you know, are we going to go edge? Are we going to go offensive tackle? There's so many talking points after week six of what we're going to actually do. And if we mm -hmm. draft anywhere outside the offensive tackle or... or um, a defensive lineman, edge rusher, I am going to heat my heart live on this show because <laughs> that's the areas that we need to focus on. No, we need, we to, need to, be able to generate pressure. Interior defensive line, my friend. Interior defensive line is a problem as well. Let's not forget yeah, about yeah. that. Well, yeah, agreed. I'm, I'm, agreed. Guys, 
It's a perfect opportunity for us to pause. We're going to come straight back to how do the challenges improve to be contenders now and in the off-season. Uh, but we're going to be after this message. Hey there, Bolt fam. It's your boy, Adadroid Airs. Hashtag Audible Chocolate. And I'm here with another great promotion from our good friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. So it's week seven, and I know the Chargers aren't playing, but that doesn't mean you have to be out of the game. So... If you are a new member of the DraftKings Sportsbook, they're going to let you bet $5 on any NFL team to win. If that team wins, guess what? You win $200 in free bets. That's right. $5 investment can earn you up to $200 in free bets. That is easy money. Now, if you live in California like me and they don't quite have the sports book available to you yet, no problem. DraftKings has got you covered with plenty of action in their DFS or Daily Fantasy Sports program. I do a lot of DFS. I love it. I have won a little bit of money here and there. It's a lot of fun, and it keeps me engaged even when my team's not playing like this week. So if you want to play DFS and get a shot at a bunch of Huge, huge cash prizes available to you. Guess what? DraftKings got a promo for you. If you're a new member, with your first deposit, they will give you free entries into different games, allowing you to win millions of dollars in cash prizes. It's that easy. So how does it work? You need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You need to use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. And you can win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. So, yeah, so for Snowy, yeah, I, I, on this comment before we, we kick off, how do we improve? Yeah, I hope he, as well as you that he doesn't dial back the aggression. I don't mind the fourth down attempts. I just wish that, you know, they weren't runs or passes behind the line of scrimmage. So straight back into the content, guys. You know, um, what I want to know is you guys are about to have a big debate about whether it was interior defensive line or is it edge rush to complement Bosa or is it a tackle? Um, John, as you know, you think interior, why is that? Well, I mean, because we give up 300 yards a game on the ground. I mean, we are soft up the middle. We are soft up the middle. Yeah, we don't have another elite Ed rusher outside of Bosa. But honestly, our pass defense is good enough that we only need one big wrecking ball, and he makes it easier on everybody else. Additionally, it's actually been shown that interior pressure can have a lot more of an effect on a, on a quarterback than uh, rushers coming off the edge. So what we need is we need somebody who can shore up the middle for the run game, as well as create pressure of the middle, causing havoc for both run and pass. And again, our, our biggest weakness right now is that we can't stop the run. And look, I know it's a passing league and, and the idea is that, hey, if, if we had gotten out to a quick lead and gone up, you know, like by two scores or whatever against Baltimore, then they would have been forced to stop running and they probably would have been forced to pass it more. And it would have gone our way. You notice that when Baltimore in the, at the second quarter, they kind of stopped running as much and they started passing more that went a lot better for our defense. But as soon as the second half started, they said, Oh wait, maybe we should go back to the one thing that was dominating this defense. And they did that and they dominated for the rest of the game. Again, we are so liable along the middle that we need help. And yes, Justin Jones is going to be helpful, but he's not an all pro. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, well, Justin Jones comes back. He's gonna, he's gonna change things. He's gonna change. He's not an all pro. He's fine. He will. He's be. not an all. He's, he's, he'll, he'll help. 
But how much? Okay, so instead of giving up 300 yards a game, we give up 200 yards a game. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, we're still massively, massively outclassed in the run defense. And that's why I think interior defensive line is probably going to be what we focus on. If you think about it, where the Chargers are likely going to draft, right? They're definitely going to be drafting in the middle of the pack, if not the back end of the middle, right? You can get really good value on really good interior defensive linemen at that point. As far as edge rushers, you're usually picking from like the third best edge rusher. So I don't know. I just, I, I just think interior is the way to go. We're picking thirty second. I don't really know what we're going to do down that deep in the in the first. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, make your case for for edge or uh, or a right guard, a right tackle, uh, John, and then Dan and I are going to referee your argument. <laughs> oh, me so, or was? Was yeah, what I thought. It's that old saying, isn't it? You've got the mortgage now. Sort out the insurance. We we we've sorted out left tackle, Filer at left guard, and Rushall Slater at left tackle are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Corey Lindsley's playing well at centre. Let's go out and invest at right tackle and have a complete offensive line. Yeah, you've got no faith in Brian coming back then. Uh, look, look at his injury um, or history of injuries. We need someone of Slater's capabilities and consistency to carry the offense forward. What do you seriously think is 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 um, Herbert's playing time? Fifteen to twenty years. The modern young quarterback, the way that they look after themselves and the, the way that they're uh, coached, and and you know the the nutrition that, that that they've got available to them. You know, in the twenty first century. 10 years plus. So we it's a mistake for us to have such a good quarterback behind a wobbly offensive line. Just look at Deshaun Watson at Houston. Man, that blow that you know that that dude has been playing behind the one of the worst offensive lines in in NFL history. We cannot afford to go down that route. But on the same token, Joey Bosa, all right? The, the problem that we've got, Joey Bosa is that good that everyone else just looks bad compared to Bosa because of his ability. He gets triple teamed at times, doesn't he? But, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, you know that I love a, a good stat and I, and I like looking at the PFF grades because it's a metric of how players are coping. A Chenonuosu is graded 105th out of 105 edge rushers, okay? Brilliant. Bosa, 10th out of 105. And he's... 10th because he's probably been doing more work than than most, okay? But it gives you a snapshot of where we are and where we need to fill in those um, gaps. A lot. It doesn't tell the whole story. It's a bit like the box score, you know? You remember when Philip Rivers threw for 500 yards and we, we lost the game? It tells a story. It gives you an inkling of where things are going wrong. Yeah. And to, to make deep uh, runs in the playoff, you've got a bell to come up Trumps. Look, if we'd have beaten the Ravens, we probably weren't having this conversation. But at some point or another down the line in this season, we're going to come unstuck. Okay. Think back to week one. We all said it's going to be around the week six, seven, eight mark before we really know how the league's shaping up and before we really know how the Chargers are shaping up. But again, that doesn't tell the whole story. 
the Chargers might go for the rest of the season and, and not win a game. They might go for the rest of the season and not lose a game. You know, so, and, and this is the important thing. When the decisions are being made as to who they go for in the first round of the draft, they have a short period of time. They've got to rely on everyone else to give up um, players, like we saw with Slater. There's a lot of luck involved as well because plan A, B, C, D and E and F sometimes come into to play. But I just think, for me, if I'm the general manager, I'm taking a right, I'm taking an offensive tackle in the first round. If that offensive tackle fits what we're trying to do and he's, he's, he's there on merits. Alex Leatherwood, prime example. Garbage. First round well, pick. I love that they just waste their picks every year. Garbage. Look, but doesn't mean to say he's going to be garbage next season. He could improve. We've seen this before. Slater's coming to the league and he's owned that position. You know, he gave two sacks against Miles Garrett. Now, look, Miles Garrett is probably the, the, the best uh, edge rusher in the NFL right now, you know, and tons of respect for Miles Garrett. So you can't beat a rookie up, pardon the pun, for that. But for me, it's a right tackle. Dan. You know, you're completely disagreeing, so I'm going to let you weigh in and your <laughs> word is kicker. golden. If he says kicker. Come no, on, why, come why on, would we on. draft a kicker? They can just sign me. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... I believe we'd, we'd refer to this as bezing it, but... Come on. Wide receiver. I'm liking the hot take. Come on, come on. Tell me why. Well, Mike Williams is out of contract after this year. Keenan Allen is amazing, not getting any younger. Um, do I really need to say more? There's there's just no one there. I mean, do we do we think that Jalen Guyton um, oh, is going to be just grow leaps and bounds and be next year's number two receiver? Um, Josh Palmer. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, I like so this there's, take. There's going to be a high pick on a receiver. First couple of rounds, at least. Um, just, I don't know what the depth is like in this year's class. See, that's a big hot take. Just out of left field coming in there. I mean, I absolutely hate it because I never want to have a wide <laughs> receiver in the first round ever again. But I love a hot take. I will take it. I mean, the, the, I'm going to wait. Go on, go on, Bez. So, so the, the, my feeling is this. I think, actually, we aren't far away from making a deep run in the playoffs. Um, I think that against a team like the Chiefs, you go out there and you blow them away by outscoring them and because your D is set up to counter the pass, as John mentioned, how we countered them in the second quarter against the Ravens. But if you have a fundamental flaw that can't be fixed by a scheme, tweaking, there's no real people coming in from injury that are going to save you and you can't go and sort of like free agent your way out of the problem, which is our problem against the run, you can't be a Super Bowl contender. So I think playoffs, yes. A couple of wins in the playoffs, maybe. Loss loss in divisional, maybe loss in the AFC Championship game wouldn't surprise me. And we can build on that in the draft. I just think when you're picking at 27, 8, 29, 30 in that region you have to be creative. And that is where I don't think an elite edge rush is going to be available. I think it's going to be 
right tackle, but I don't think that they'll make that pick. I think there will be a right tackle there we will pass on. And I can see it being a defensive tackle. I can see that. I can see it being a linebacker as well. I can see them saying, do you know what? Kenneth Murray's not live up to expectations. We need to bolster this team that's had injury problems. Um, and I can see them making me cry by picking a wide receiver as Dan has predicted and we all go, what the hell have they done? Uh, <laughs> you never know. But, you know, we're not that far away. But I don't think we're there yet. So my next point before we wrap up the podcast, guys, it's the bye week. What do you want to see in the course of this week? We've got Andre Roberts. Is there, are there any other major moves you really want Staley and Telesco to make? Or do you just want them to bring the team together and prepare for the post-buy games? I'm going to go to California for that. Well, there's a little, uh, there's like a tweet going around right now where somebody, and I don't know what, what, what this is, it looks like it's a screenshot from an article or something, where someone's proposing a trade with the Falcons, the Falcons, as you guys call them. They're called Falcons, just so you know. Uh, anyways, they, uh, <laughs> some of us say it correctly. Some of us say Falcons. Uh, and Jaguars. Jag- I don't even know what that is. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, the whoever wrote this idea for a trade is, I love this idea, but it's trading Trey Pimpkins, which if anyone's going to take Trey Pimpkins, go ahead. I'd, 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 I'd give away a, an eighth round pick. I'm driving there myself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyways, but it's like they, they said, oh, just send away Trey Pipkins and a fifth and get young Hoku. And I'm like, yes, yes, do it. Bring him back. Bring yeah. him back for a revival tour. Why not? Like, get, get a kicker in there. Um, I mean, Jackson. again, I, on, I, I just don't think there's anything else out there. I mean, again, I, I've heard people say, oh, Akeem Nix, Akeem Nix. He's unhappy with his role. You know, he'd make a great addition. Yeah, I probably would. I, I just don't know if he's there. There's, there's a nice price tag attached to him. I don't know if he's worth the price tag anymore. Um, Obviously, I think he'd be the best interior defensive lineman we had on the roster as soon as we brought him in. So I don't hate the idea, but I just don't know. Like, like Beth said, I don't. I don't think one player is the We're difference. Really, away, no, I, I don't think so. I think it's multiple players, and at, at that point, I don't really want to invest too much and give away too much of the future uh, for a season where I just don't think we're ready right now. I think that you know, best case scenario, a lot of these guys get traded in the off season or their contracts are up at the end of the season. Don't give up any capital. Wait till the off season, see who's available and make your moves there. Like, I just don't see there's a, I just don't see there's a reason to trade away assets. Now, if we were a player or two away, I mean, if we were contenders, if we didn't have this glaring hole on, uh, on Rundy, and if we didn't have issues like we do on first and second downs as much as we do, and we were just like, oh, we just need another linebacker or we need cornerback depth or whatever. Sure. Trade away a first, second, third round pick or whatever to bring in some guy to help shore up that position. I'm all about that move, but I think at this point, there's nothing I, I see out there in free agency uh, via trade that really entices me. Again, kicker, you want to bring in Young Hoku and bring in a good kicker, that's fine. Give away you know, a late to mid-round pick for a kicker. Uh, at this team, honestly, this team should probably think about giving away a third-round pick. First of all, Telesco's <laughs> third-round no picks are yeah, they're garbage anyway. So if, if, if I could get a good, reliable kicker, it doesn't, ha- doesn't have to be Justin Tucker, just a reliable kicker. For a third round pick, I would do that all day long. Make it happen. Do you know you don't want to slambo? He's free agent again. Yeah, Jags cut him. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> he might he might be better. Sorry, I just threw up a little bit. It, it, he, literally, he literally got cut for for confidence issues. Do you think Correct. that's a good? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think hey, getting cut coming back to the team that cut you before is going to give you any better confidence, especially with he some was of the just overly confident? That, oh, he was overly confident. Issue, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so was Badgley. Badgley was overly confident <laughs> Interestingly, um, on the draftnetwork.com, 
they've actually written an article about three teams that should be looking to actively buy in, in this period before the window closes. Ravens, the Chiefs and the Chargers. That says it all, you know, because all those three teams have got issues somewhere and they need to be fixed. It's whether or not you can fix them with what you've got or whether you can fix them with what's available. And I think what you said, Bez, or John earlier, about us needing too many players, it doesn't help that we needed a left tackle, well, a quarterback and a left tackle in consecutive drafts, arguably the two places to draft. Yeah, Um and no disrespect to wide receivers, but they, they grow on trees in the sale of the UK. Good top quality franchise quarterbacks and and blindside blockers don't. And I think the Chargers have ticked those boxes, so that's a positive. It's now looking at those those offensive linemen and, and the 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 the, the uh, interior de- uh, defensive linemen and the edge rushers that we need to target next. I think Dan, to be honest. I think we've got too many priorities over a wide receiver, but you are right. It is a concern. Um, I think Mike Williams re-signs for that, season, for that reason in, in, in 2022. Thank God we all said we were going to keep him, John. <laughs> <laughs> John Dan, still might be right. You might be. Dan, your thoughts going into the bye week? I don't think we need to panic or anything. I don't think we... I mean, the, the biggest thing we need... I feel is is just that chance to to reset, refresh, take a look in depth at what went wrong. Um, we all know what went wrong. We all think we know what went wrong. <laughs> Hopefully, that is being addressed. Um, I'm not entirely sure how. I don't know that we've got an answer to that run defense or even our our run offense in that game. What was it? Herbert was our top rusher. Um, but I don't think we need to be going out, making trades, looking at free agents. I think we've either got enough to get us to the postseason and then it's just a crapshoot to see what happens. Or or we, we kind of peter out with our lack of depth. Um, I don't think there's enough around that we could fill our depth issues. Um, to a point that it would make a difference. No, it's very true, Dan. I couldn't agree more. And at least, to put everything into perspective, calm down, everyone. We could be the Dolphins who are actively shopping the guy. They took one pick above Justin Herbert. So, you know, Tua Tag... Oh, my God, I'm going to make it an attempt at this. Tua Tagovailoa is is potentially on his way to Washington, uh, from what I'm, I'm hearing. So, you know, thank God we aren't them. And the last point before we wrap up for this evening is the simple point that in the bye week, you can't lose. The only team that can beat you is yourself. Don't panic and bolt up. 